1: Say What is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roscoe Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roscoe Jr.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 43 of Say What?, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system. Including current events that touch on the mission of Protect Our Kids, which is to inform and educate concerned citizens about the dangers to our children in the public schools.
3: That's right, George. You know, recently we've been made aware of a number of news items that we thought our audience should know about, so we're going to depart from our normal habit of talking about a single issue. In fact, there's a a few things that we want to bring to our audience today.
2: Yep. We're going to talk about three very important current events because... Uh, even though one might be outside of our country, uh, we already know from our experience, Mark, that, uh, we've been fighting this for at least, uh, three or four years in our country. So it's heading down that path.
3: It is indeed. And this, this first news item, uh, regards our neighbors to the north, Canada. Um, and, uh, it, frankly, George, it's been very sad for me personally to see what's been going on in that country over the last few years. Um, actually longer than that, really over the last decade. You know, most Americans don't realize that um, our country, the United States of America, is very unique in terms of its freedoms, mm-hmm. its, its liberties. We have a First Amendment. We have a constitution that uh, separates the powers of government into different entities so no one branch of government can take total control. Wait,
2: we have a second amendment too. We have a second amendment.
3: (laughs) We have federalism. We have separation of powers. This is very unique in the world, uh, including in our own hemisphere, I- including even here in North America. And so recently there's been some things that have been happening uh, to our neighbors to the north up in Canada that we, that we thought um, our audience should know about. I think, first of all, it's important for uh, them to know that Canada has no First Amendment. There's no articulated freedom of speech in Canada and recently, uh, they passed some laws that chill people's rights just to express th- their opinions. For example, George, in 2017, they passed a law requiring people to use preferred gender pronouns.
2: And that's so, something that we've been battling in the courts and have been winning But they have no way of winning this battle in Canada. They
3: can't. This is a a national law. So this goes across the entire country. Um, Moreover, people in Canada cannot speak critically about sexual orientations Mm -hmm. so you know this is a fundamental right that we have here in the united states now it's been tested as you as you've said Mm -hmm. and fortunately so far we have won those tests but recently um canada has now passed another law that further really chills people's personal freedoms there and this has to do with conversion therapy what is that
2: it's a euphemism, and uh, just so our audience knows, conversion therapy um, is something that the LGBTQ community typically likes to throw out and use this phrase um, in a derogatory sense. That basically, if anybody tries to help a person from that community to detransition, right, um, they'll just automatically call it conversion therapy, but they'll label it as. Oh, uh, it's these crazy psychopath pastors who are putting, you know, uh, boys or girls or men and women in electric chairs and they're electrocuting them and they're whipping them and they're doing whatever they can to get the demons out of them. Um, and so that's the picture that they paint uh, for their own, you know, public outreach purposes. Um, but in reality... <laughs> We don't hear of that kind of thing happening. Uh, maybe there are some unique situations where that has happened in the past. But every pastor that I've talked to um, that specializes in providing counsel to honest people who want to leave that lifestyle. I've never heard of them using any of these techniques
3: no i mean in the in the professional sense conversion therapy is it is that it is a therapy and uh it, it has been practiced by licensed psychologists and psychiatrists and counselors and it is done also um in a non-professional sense just by discussions conversations between let's say a pastor and um one of their congregants one of their attendees with people who are struggling with their sexual identity and they want to talk about it. Maybe they're having, uh, feelings of same-sex orientation. They're uncomfortable with that. Um, it goes against their belief system. And so they want to explore maybe some, some ways to, uh, you know, de- defeat those urges mm-hmm. or, or at least accommodate them. And so both professionally and in a pastoral sense, uh, people have been doing that all over the world, uh, allowing those conversations to happen. Now, certainly, George, you and I know that even in a pastoral setting, you can never force somebody to change their ideas, their belief systems, yep. their, their way of thinking, their their emotions. This is something that is completely consensual. That somebody has to want. They yes. have to ask for it. They have to consent to it. It's never you. You can't force this upon somebody. But in Canada they have taken the next step and effectively they have outlawed conversion therapy. In fact, more than outlawing it, they've made it a crime.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It is now part of their 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 criminal penal code and uh, I'll just I'll just read you the preamble to this new law that they passed. Here's what it says. Whereas conversion therapy causes harm to society because, among other things, it is based on and propagates myths and stereotypes about sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression, including the myth – That heterosexuality, cisgender, gender identity, and gender expression that conforms to the sex assigned to a person at birth are to be preferred over other sexual orientations, gender identities, and gender expressions. And whereas in light of those harms, it's important to discourage and denounce the provision of conversion therapy in order to protect the human dignity and equality of all Canadians... And then they say, now, therefore, everyone who knowingly causes another person to undergo conversion therapy, including by providing it, shall be guilty of an indictable offense liable to imprisonment for a term of not more than five years. Ooh. But, George, it goes even further than that. The law also says that everyone who even knowingly promotes So let's say someone comes up to you and says, you know, George, I'm having um, some issues and I'd like to be able to talk to somebody about my feelings about sexual orientation. If you were to say in Canada, if you lived in Canada and you're a pastor there, if you were to even say, well, yes, we can we can talk about that or I can refer you to somebody that may be able to help you in this area you would be guilty of a crime. Say what? Punishable in prison to up to two years of incarceration. So this, to me, is is incredible. Um, Here's what Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said about this law. "That Quote, It's official. Our government's legislation banning the despicable and degrading practice of conversion therapy has received royal assent, meaning it is now law. He tweeted to a national audience. So, um, George, this is this is really concerning, uh, not only for our, our our brothers and sisters in in Canada, but this is something that we're seeing taking place worldwide. And if we don't call attention to it, it's going to come to America as well. In fact, as you and I both know, California passed a law called AB three twenty nine that requires that comprehensive sexual education be taught in middle school and high school. It's often taught in grade school. And this is promoting, this is a law in California and in many states across the country that is promoting sex and gender theory. It's the same kind of ideology, that your biology doesn't matter, that you get to pick whatever your sexual Mm -hmm. orientation is, that whatever your gender expression is. And if anybody tells you otherwise, or even if you're struggling internally otherwise, well, that should be illegal. And people have tried to make it illegal in this country. So this has not only a relevance for our friends up up north, but also for our citizens here in the United States.
2: And, and you know, three years after AB 329 was passed in 2018, then uh, Assembly Member Evan Lowe tried to pass a conversion therapy ban in California. Uh, the bill was known as AB 2943. Uh, I still remember went uh, with a lot of pastors uh, through the Church United Network to speak out against it. We did a lot of public uh, conferences, um, and it, it, it's already here on our doorstep, and it's going to have a detrimental effect on our children. So uh, please, parents, uh, watch out for this one. But let's bring it closer to home. AB 19 and our Orange County Board of Education proposed legislation that's now in committee in Sacramento. What's going on there, Mark? Yeah,
3: these are, these are actually two different laws now that are, are being promoted by our California legislation. The first one, as you mentioned, is Assembly Bill 29. Uh, this has been proposed by Senator Miguel Santiago, a Democrat in the 53rd District. And what this law, uh, would require if it's passed is for non-citizens to become members of our school boards across mm-hmm. the state of California. So think about that, George. Now, in, in fairness, the law goes on to say that these non-citizen members would not be able to actually vote – on school board members. But that's only, the, that's the only qualification in what they can do. They can influence board decisions. They have every other right to participate in what these school boards do. So these are residents. They are not citizens of California. They are not citizens of the United States of America. And most people, you know, they may not have a problem with this. They, Well, you know, they have, obviously they have children in the school system. Why shouldn't they have some representation? And it's a fair question to ask. Here's the problem, George. There has been uh, an increasing effort across the United States of America to diminish what citizenship actually means and to confer the rights of citizenship on residents that are coming into our country and as many people including victor davis hansen in a book that i recommend that all our listeners read it's called the dying citizen as he notes he said when you confer upon residents the rights of citizenship you disparage what citizenship means. Mm-hmm. It loses its meaning, and uh, this can only have terrible repercussions uh, in, in the future.
2: I completely agree.
3: So this is something that we think people should be aware of. Um, this, the second law that, that you mentioned is SB uh, 286. And this is being promoted by Senator Dave Min, uh, another Democrat in the 37th district. George, this is a very peculiar law. In fact, um, it's been kind of hidden from public view. Uh, There's been very little discussion about it, and for good reason. Here's Here's what it would do. It targets the Orange County Board of Education's election process. And basically what it says is that The elections for board members for the OCBE will no longer happen in the primary election cycle. They usually happen in June. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that in Orange County, more Republicans, I guess, and conservatives turn out in the primaries than they do in the general election cycle that happens in November. Well, apparently these powers at B, the Democrats are very well aware of this. Oh, yeah. They know that the Orange County Board of Education is conservative leaning and has been for many years, and they've done some wonderful things in Orange county as as a result of that. So they are trying to surreptitiously now change the law to s- sort of gerrymander mm-hmm. the process yep. for Orange County to hopefully make it easier for liberals and leftists to get onto the uh, the board. Not yeah. a good thing George
2: yes, yep, and and I uh, I remember Mark about a week ago, I happened to just be perusing through the you know hundreds and hundreds of laws <laughs> that are on the docket, and I stumbled on this one, and I was shocked I'm like out of all the things that we have going on in our world today, is this the most important thing? <laughs>
3: I, you know, uh, you would think that there are more important things for our California legislature to to wrap their minds around. But um, as our listeners probably know, there's a super majority of leftists in our state. We can yeah. get very, you know, very little done. Um, but those those carved out areas that do tend to have conservative representation in Orange County Board of Education happens to be one of them. Well, it can't be left alone, George. They've got to go after that, too. So. We would encourage our listeners, if uh, if this troubles you, you need to contact your, your representative, your assembly member, your senator. Um, make them aware of both of these laws. AB-19, which is bringing non-citizens into our electoral process, and SB-286, which would change the composition of the Orange County Board of Education.
2: Yep. Reach out. Reach out to them. All right, here we're going to close off with our third current event, and this is actually really good news on how parents can continue getting involved uh, in the effort to hopefully right the ship here of the public school system.
3: It really is good news, and uh, we're so happy to be able to, to bring this. Um, just by way of background, um, California now has imposed officially critical race theory in it's education system. In fact, a law was passed requiring the ethnic studies model curriculum mm-hmm. to be mandated for high school graduation. And that's, that's starting pretty soon here. Well, it, it's classic critical race theory, George. That, that's, that's what the program teaches. In fact, the framework for this ethnic studies program is eight 140 pages long. And buried in that framework, uh, you can find some documents that encourage teachers to guide their students in prayers and chants to Aztec and Mayan deities.
2: Say what?
3: Now we have a separation of church and state. In this country, uh, it's been on the books for a long time. You and I may not necessarily agree with that, but that is, you know, the law of, of the land right now. And notwithstanding uh, this curriculum, took it upon themselves. No, we there, there are certain religious practices that we want to impose upon our public school children, including chanting to Aztec gods like Tezcatlipoca, Quetzalcoatl and Ku, which is the head of the Aztec deity. Um, well, George, fortunately, um, a number of plaintiff parents in the San Diego County got together and they decided we, we got to do something about that. Mm-hmm. And so they joined forces with um, our friends at Californians for Equal Rights Foundation, and they filed a lawsuit against the state of California. Um, They got the law firm of LaMandry and Jonah L.P. and the Thomas More Society, a great legal organization that has defended so many religious rights across the country. And they filed suit um, as a violation of the First Amendment's free exercise clause imposing these kinds of pagan religious practices upon our children in the public schools. And, George, what happened?
2: We won. It got settled in court. And actually, for uh, quite a bit of dough. Um,
3: well, you, it, we really did. I mean, it, this is a great bit of news. Um, here's a from the press release of Californians for uh, for equal rights. Today is a day of relief to know what took a multiracial coalition of individuals with different backgrounds and beliefs to move a mountain to challenge the state education apparatus that is really great news so basically the state of california caved they realized this is an absolute loser case for us there's no way that we can win it Mm -hmm. and rather than proceed in the court system and all the publicity that goes along with that yeah they decided to very quietly settle and say okay you know we're not going to do this so you know our listeners should be very encouraged that when they stand up and unite and decide to take action and uh, challenge violations of their rights. Good things can happen, George.
2: And and the two things that happen as a conclusion of the settlement is, number one, these prayers and chants and references to these gods, they're all being removed from the ethnic studies model curriculum. And secondly, um, all of the legal representation costs – which is somewhere around a hundred thousand uh, dollars is was all now covered is to be paid for. Unfortunately, again, out of our taxpayer dollars, because they they sued the Department of Education. But thankfully, that money is finally going and being put to good use. That's
3: right. So hopefully, George, this uh, is the start of a trend that we can see not only in California but nationwide to challenge these onerous provisions of critical race theory. Now, unfortunately, it leaves in place the fact that ethnic studies is still going to be required for high school graduation, and these curriculums are being pushed down, as you and I know, even in grade school. So this yeah. the, our listeners should should uh, be aware of the fact that this does not do away with the teaching of critical race theory uh, in our school. So that is still going on, and our message always to parents, um, because our schools are teaching sex and gender theory, critical race theory, historical revisionism, uh, replacement parenting through social and emotional uh, uh, training, our message to parents is to challenge your school districts, and if you can, get your kids out of the, out of the school district completely. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, George, this is really great news, and parents should feel feel empowered.
2: Yeah. And parents here, as we close off, we want to give you some more information. If you want to co- go to our website, www.protectourkidsnow.org. So it's protectourkidsnow.org. And one very important new feature is that we actually have a form you could fill out um, where you could uh, make us aware of how your rights have been violated uh, in the public school that your children attend. And we will review that. Uh, we will pass it along to, uh, our, our friends in various, uh, you know, legal organizations. Um, and just like these parents from San Diego Unified banded together and got, got together with the Californians for Equal Rights Foundation and with the Thomas More Society. Um, w- our goal is to help uh, do similar kind of lawsuits. So once again, if you go onto our website, protectourkidsnow.org, uh, there is a place right there at the top that you could click uh, that'll send you to a form, fill it out. We will be reviewing it. We will be passing it on. And uh, we want to continue pushing against the system back. And, and one of the ways is is through the court system.
3: George, thank you so much for mentioning that. So when you go to the front page of our website, you need to scroll down to the bottle, bottom and you'll see a block saying, Know Your Legal Rights. So we encourage you to read that section. And as George mentioned, uh, you can click on the incident report. Tell us your story. We want to hear it. And if we think it's actionable, we will pass it on to people that can help you.
2: Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Please share this with your family and friends. And until next time, have a great day.
1: You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as Attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsshow.org. That's info at protectourkidsshow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What?